0: Hey, hey, welcome to LDS Transitions. Today is October 13th, 2022, and I am again having a throat that uh, (laughs) still is a little hoarse and a little bit of coughing, so I apologize ahead of time, but uh, I am at my daughter's practice again, so I have two hours. Uh, I don't anticipate this uh, episode being two hours long, but it is part of my ability to do reflection on my week. And so I thought, you know, it's a good time to reflect on my week. Part of my processing is analyzing myself as far as how my I doing uh, being in a mixed faith marriage how am I doing personally individually how am I thriving um, and uh to give a little bit of background <laughs> you know, uh, my wife and I have been through a lot we uh we adopted children uh, had they had behavioral issues uh we went through tons of therapists and the three are grown and our son uh, passed away last year and uh, it's been tough with the mental health just personally you know I've never been to a therapist with mental health issues Um, and but I could use one Um, but it's the amount of time of going and it's like are they really going to be able to help me and can I just do it on my own Um, obviously they are professionals and they can lead you in a path that is, um, that you may not know about. Uh, they can recognize patterns and behaviors and even do diagnoses. So I recommend it, but at the same time, I don't know how soon I'll get to one. Um, I'm very tight on money. And money's a stressor. And when I don't feel like I'm in control of my life, my money, um, our family, uh, my path, my spirituality, a lot of times I fall into these ruts of, you know, oh, let's just play video games. Oh, let's watch a show. Um, Having a hard time getting tasks done with work. Um, being energetic about it, and learning new topics, um, there's a lot of pieces that it's just like, is this how you want to be, last night I watched an Andor show, I think I'm saying it right, Um, it's a Star Wars episode, I know that's another topic, (laughs) Um, but I'll go ahead and address it it's very slow going Uh, my 10 year old watched it with me Um, it's mostly just violence Uh, but it's rated TV 14 even though it's on Disney Uh, so just be cautious with the younger kids Um, I mean that's just common sense right Uh, but, uh, it's very much more about the drama, not about the action, um, it's more about telling a story, it's a lot slower going than most films, um, so, uh, yeah, so I was watching it with my daughter yesterday after work, and I'm like, I should really be studying, you know, but the The show comes out every Wednesday, new episodes, and I'm just like, I want to watch it, um, but I should be studying, and it's this mixed bag of, I don't want to study, what's the point of it anyway? You know, and I'm not cognitively thinking that, but I want to have the ambition, I want to have the drive, I want to have the excitement about life. And I'm not in that place right now and it bugs me. I want to be, hey, it's five in the morning, let's go for a run. (coughs) And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'd be in a funk even if um, things (coughs) were different, like if my wife transitioned as well. And we figured our journey out together, or if we got a divorce, you know, type thing, we would, you know, then I could be, you know, master of my domain, right, um, but life is lonely, life is, is what you make of it, and I'm not excited because I'm, I feel like I'm really stagnant, it's like, okay, I'm doing the day-to-day, I'm doing the work, you know, I'm helping with the kids, and it's like, it just feels very stagnant, you know, church is like, going backwards, because it's like, okay, let's put up my shield, oh yeah, that bug, 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 it's alright, I, you know, if anything was really bad, it just hit my shield, and, you know, I have my full body of armor on, right, my breastplate, my, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna go down that road, but, um, But, you know, if I have my shield up and I'm deflecting it, it doesn't bother me as bad. Um, And not that it's necessarily a shield, but it's like maybe if I'm more invisible (laughs) where I just go and I'm not participatory very much unless it's like, hey, here's a slip of paper in Elder's Quorum for you to read. It's... It's tough. Um, But I'm not finding that drive that I want. You know, when I was 17 and on top of the world, right? Um, You know, I'd get up and I'd run and I'd run. And no, I wasn't an avid runner, but I I loved it. I loved the ability to run for 40. (laughs) 45 minutes to an hour or whatnot, and just loved it. Um, You know, so it's, you know, and I, I had everything at my fingertips, and I think it's so interesting that, you know, I think the biggest thing about being an adult is that we want our children and having kids is... We want our children to be able to embrace their youth and love it cuz it's so easy for it to fade away. I've one of my adult daughters has a couple kids and you know she realizes being I think she's 26 area. She's realizing that it's not easy. <laughs> but uh that there's so much in life that just bogs you down and you can't go and, you know, thrive and just do whatever you want, right? Um, or can you? <laughs> and With kids, obviously, you know, they come first. But at what point does my needs come first, you know? And in the church culture, it doesn't. You know, in the temple, one of the covenants, it's not about you, it's about everything for, you know, the upbuilding of the church or the, you know, building up the church. Um, that phrase is in there. But it's just, it's all about the church. And then it's all about the family and then your wife and or your spouse, and then maybe you down there, you know, don't forget to do your ministering, don't forget to do your church callings, so much of it is church, 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 and then by the time you get to yourself, it's like, oh, you might catch a football game, you might do this, you might do that, that's um, not bad, but when you've transitioned in faith, it's just like, I don't want to be stuck in this. I want to be free. How do I have the courage to move on? Or how do I have the courage to have dialogue with my wife or whatnot? Or am I just going to slowly drift away into nothingness? How many people out there feel this way? And who do we blame? And how do we get it corrected? (laughs) You know, the who do we blame part is kind of facetious in a way... A lot of my blame and anger is going towards the church, which is fun because, you know, the church will either deflect and blame yourself, the members, well, hey, you know, we don't teach that, we don't do this, we don't do that, you should know better, well, we just try to do the best we can, we're just men. (laughs) Notice it's, we're just men, we're just human. It's not, oh, we're just men and women. (coughs) You know, it's drawn by it's ran by men, you know, but yet you don't have this dis- a way to distinguish if what men are saying in the church is true or not, but yet they profess to know truth, and it's, it's just hard. So what do I do? How do I get out of my funk? How do I get focused in and, and drive and have passion? So I think some of it needs to be project-based where um, I set goals with work, where I set goals with my individual self and just learn to thrive um, because I'm in a rut. And I don't want to be in the rut. I want to be able to make something of myself if that makes sense. I don't want to have my life ran by something else I want to run my own life and make it what I can Um, I don't want to just fade into nothingness you know let's look at it this way if I stay a member all my life and go to church the rest of my life (coughs) you know and (coughs) hear me out you know I've got grandkids, blessings, grandkids, baptisms, my own children, baptism and whatever, you know, anything church related, ceilings, you know, I've got two girls and I may not see them get married because of the whole temple crap, Um, which is just a joke. You know, at some point, I'm going to have to come out and just say, Hey, you know, I don't believe in this anymore, but when do I do that? You know, at what point do I, am I able to be authentic? I think my wife's going to be, hey, time for you to go. Um, But that doesn't change the fact that I won't be able to see my girl's wedding um, if they choose to get married in the temple. (laughs) The, uh, or if things don't get too strained, but going back to the narrative of me staying in the church, you know, I'm (coughs) doing all these things, pretending Mm -hmm. like I'm a member, um, I'm not going to be paying tithing, um, I just don't see a way to ever feel good about paying tithing ever again, um, I... So, and then, like I die, <laughs> and I'm dressed in temple robes, you know, to keep on this narrative that I'm a believing member, um and you know, since I was sealed to my wife and and whatnot, I can be buried in temple clothes um I don't wanna I don't know that I wanna be buried in a casket, I don't know that I want a tombstone, um, I think it'd be good for my family to be able to have a place to go and remember me, but (coughs) at the same time, it's like, just plant a tree, bury my ashes around the tree or something like that, or, or whatever, you know, and plant several trees, buy some land and, you know, till me up, (laughs) Um, but I just don't feel like I have any of those choices, if I was to die right now, my wife would have a tombstone, she would have a plot, she would have me in temple clothes, it'd be a Mormon ceremony, and hey, I'm I'm dead, you know, I, I probably won't exist after this life based off of my current theocracy or beliefs or lack of beliefs. Um So where does that you know, so in in all reality it it isn't, but what what does remain are my memories. What memories do I want my kids to have? remember that I was a hard worker, yay! Remember that I went to church every week and we had family prayers and we had this and that and the other. And hey, dad baptized me or maybe not didn't baptize me and dad didn't go to my wedding. Um, you know, right now my relationship with my father is such that he is so church oriented I don't feel like I can ever talk about anything else. The conversation is always church-based for the most part. Now there might be a conversation as far as in a shop or what he's doing to fix this or that or or whatnot. But it's, you know, yeah, there's like BYU football, but I despise BYU football now. I despise most everything about BYU except for those that are trying to, you know, graduate from it. Um, So it's, it's difficult to comprehend my memory and things how it will be with my dad when he's gone. What will I remember him for? Um, it's really hard to talk to him right now because everything's church-based. I don't have a lot of memories. I remember, I think it was one time we went on a backpacking trip overnight, and um, but uh, you know it's it was okay, but we just didn't have a lot of those moments of dad just being dad, and I think a lot of that is that my dad is in such a cycle of fear and obedience and the church is true, that he doesn't know how to be himself, he's not able to find himself necessarily, or it's hard for him to let that part of himself out or to not be fear based in his discussions with his kids you know it's heaven forbid if any of us fall away from the church um and I know that that's a very narrow perspective from myself but you know my dad may see things very differently but that's kind of how I feel, and and it, it's not just me, I, I feel like just as a family, we haven't been real tight with our parents, you know, they, they were great as far as being responsible, getting us as far as we could in life, supporting us, um, they've been great parents, but it's not like... <laughs> I guess part of my perception with gospel related or my spiritual theocracy is not like my heavenly father not like Jesus per se where it's like hey how are you doing you know my view of God is, is a God that would be like how are you how are you doing talk to me you know with complete non-judgment and just listening and just, you know, complete love where you feel completely safe. But with my parents, so much of it is fear-based off of church teachings that that love is just like, (laughs) you know, there's, there's, there's a natural bonding that you're going to have, but this is this is a bit different in that so much of my parents' conversation are fear-based. Or checking in, hey, did you go to the temple? Have you been to the temple yet? What were your thoughts on it? You know, after the DC temple opened. And it's like, no, I haven't. <laughs> what else am I supposed to say? Oh, yeah. We got, we were like first in line to go back through, you know. And (coughs) (coughs) sorry, (coughs) I could have lied, I could have said, Yeah, isn't it great, you know? But that's another thing is that with the faith transition, I feel the need to be authentic and to be truthful, and so. Even though I'm hiding having had a faith transition from my family and friends, if confronted more than likely I'm gonna open up you know with the with the two bishops that I've had or that I've been open with, you know is easy, and it's like well, it gets easier, but it's like I just completely unload. And, But I don't feel safe with my family because they're my family, right? (coughs) Excuse me. And that's just nuts. Why shouldn't I feel safe with my family? If anything, I should be safe with my family. But I'm not unique. I'm not unique at all. There are so many members that have lost family relations because people have left their membership of the church they don't attend anymore they don't believe in it anymore <laughs> and their family will disown them similar to, I mean I'm not going to say similar but one parallel that isn't the same but it's, it's an interesting parallel for what it is, is someone that comes out as gay, you know, it's like, it's such a weird situation where some family will just disown you, Um, very, very common for, hey, look, I I don't believe in this anymore, oh, or, hey, look, uh, you know, I'm gay, they don't accept it as that's who you are, that's how you were born, but, oh, you chose a weird lifestyle, dude, like, what kind of crazy crap have you been into to become gay? Um, that's, that's what I grew up with. You know, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, went to, uh, SSA, or not SSA, sorry, an SA meeting with my brother I think I've talked about this in the other episodes, but I went to an essay meeting, uh, Sexaholics Anonymous. My brother had a token and everything, and I'm not laughing at his journey and his process and that. Um, that's his process and not mine to share. Um, but the little sh- things that were shared, you know, you g- you got a token if... You know, if you kept sexual relations between you and your spouse for a given amount of time, or you were celibate, you know, where um, there was no self-stimulation, masturbation, etc., you know. Um, Sorry, kids content warning. Um, (coughs) And that, I guess that should just be known that a lot of times my episodes won't be kid-friendly. Um, but I would assume that someone should know that. Um, anyway, so my brother goes to this meeting, and I have no idea if they still have them or not. This was in Utah, and uh, you know people were getting tokens for so many days without masturbating or whatnot. And one thing that that was shared is that my brother shared is that uh, you know if. People that, you know, don't climb out of this, they end up turning gay because they just go down this queer route. And that's a perception that was there in the you know twenty years ago. Um that was present twenty years ago. And that's sad. Um because that's not how it is but so many people in Utah just have so much misinformation about LGBTQ and it being a lifestyle my wife won't accept the fact that someone's born <coughs> as they are having an attraction to same sex or being queer or bi or, or whatnot right the whole spectrum or being trans and there being an intersex Intersex, I believe, is a word. Um, you know, I have a cousin that's trans. <coughs> I'm so glad I get her pronouns right. Um, she's awesome. I have a young man uh, from my ward, and I don't know if I shared this or not. I want to say I did uh, when I was a priest corps advisor. That uh, that is. Tr- that has come out as trans, and she's awesome, I think I shared that, um, awesome, awesome individual, she, I, I hope to see her, you know, I'm currently in the town that she's in, she moved out, (laughs) back out from Utah, and hopefully is thriving, but, uh, it's just, it's just nuts, I'd love to sit down with her, and go to lunch or something you know but I can't do that with my wife where are you going Uh, well this Saturday I'm going out to lunch with my um with the I won't say her name Um, I'll just say Rachel is her name with Rachel who used to be in my young man's uh priest quorum (laughs) my wife would uh would not like that I don't think um but uh you know that that individual even though she's come out as trans even though she's authentic and she has some family that supports her she also doesn't have other family members that are very much where she hasn't even told that those family members that that she's transitioned um how hard is that is not to know of your sister or you're, or a parent, or someone not knowing, you know who you really are, and so even though I'm not LGBTQ, um, <coughs> there are some interesting parallels where you just don't feel safe. You have a hard time being who you are. You can't be authentic. Um, and even though that is a parallel, I also want to stay very far in saying it's the same because I don't have to worry about legislation. I don't have to worry about laws. Me having a faith transition, as far as I know, um, doesn't cause any issues to my well-being, if you will, as far as where I can live, worrying if I'm safe or not, you know. No one's coming where I live and knocking on doors saying, hey, are you, you know, are you still Mormon or not? Most people could get... They don't even know what Mormons are. Oh, you've, you've got married, right? And sure, maybe LGBTQ don't have people knocking on their door, but... If they see a flag, and they find that flag to be offensive for whatever reason, it's, you know, then they think that, hey, hate crimes are okay. Um, It's just sad. And, you know, there are are parallels, but I don't want to go that far, of course. (coughs) I don't have to consider you know, physical changes to my body, or taking medications, or, um, or whatnot, you know, or am I safe on the street, or where can I go, you know, um, I think it's great that there are LGBTQ affirming churches out there, um, so hopefully that, that is true and they are really safe places. But, uh, sorry, I just yawned, so if you sense to pause, that's why. And now that I yawned, you're yawning, and so I apologize. Um, time for some coffee, right? Oh, I forgot my coffee candy. I have coffee candy from, um, from outside of the United States that I just love, but anyway... Every once in a while when I feel rebellious, like watching General Conference, I'll throw in a coffee candy. I don't know if my wife knows I have them or not, but uh, I don't really care either. Um, She's not a fan of coffee, but it's hilarious because I used to travel a lot. And she would say, you know, we are very much into... excuse me, into food storage and stuff, and she's like, hey, grab all the coffee and stuff from your your Marriott Hotel, <laughs> excuse me, from your Marriott Hotel and bring it home in your suitcase, and then we can store it up so that, you know, if when, uh, when a big disaster happens, we can use it to trade with or something. I think we've thrown it all away, there might be still some out there, I don't know if she knows we threw it all away, or some of it, but, uh, it's kind of funny, for as much as she's against coffee, she's, she just knows so little about the, the health benefits of tea and coffee, and the contradictions with the Word of Wisdom. Anywho, um... So, it is a a longer podcast than I thought it would be. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in a funk, and I need to get out of the funk. I need to find an excitement for life. Um, It's hard when your marriage is like hanging on by, you know, it's chinny chin, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. You know, you're hanging on by your fingernails. I guess that doesn't make sense... Hanging on by your the hair of your chinny chin chin... <laughs> I tried to be funny and it wasn't... I don't think so... Apologies... Um... But uh... You know I'm just trying to hold on... And just kind of cruise through life... Or just survive life... And... It doesn't make life enjoyable... Um it makes it kind of stale, and I don't want to turn into some old guy, my kids would definitely say I'm old, um, I don't want to turn into this old guy that, you know, is divorced, doesn't have anybody in his life, you know, if I was to get a divorce, if that was to happen, I'd want to be able to say, oh, well, on Tuesday nights, I'm going, and I'm, teaching at the library this, or I'm going to these meetup groups with interests on this day and this day, and, you know, I'm finding my friends through there, and um, those type of things, I want to be able to, you know, I'm going, I'm taking my kids to, I have season tickets to this sports team, and I take my kids there, and I do this, and this, and this, and the other, right? Um, and that's what's difficult, is that my wife doesn't know how to budget, we're tight, and she, you know, I'm not trying to put the blame all on her, but we're not a cohesive marriage, this faith transition, just, we're not on the same page, and I think she's trying to survive, and I'm trying to survive, and probably not in healthy ways. Um, and so my wife wants to give everything to our kids, and and I'm always like, eh, we need to have a budget, you know, my wife wants to do this, 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 and this, and hey, it's all great for the kids, but it's like, where do we draw the line, and it's like, what do we do for our future, and, and so it's very much in the now, but it's also an avoidance, um, of where things should be and a lot of times I'm just holding on trying to do work and you know make sure the bare essentials are taken care of it's tough it's really tough Um, it's extremely tough but uh, it's starting to rain Um, so if you want to know where I am find out where it's raining at night ...in the United States... ...on October... ...13th... ...there's your challenge... ...no, my luck... ...it's like one city... ...oh, I know where you live... ...not that I really care... ...um... ...now, if if someone was to find out... ...and I think on last episode I talked about this a little bit... ...but... ...in a lot of ways I want people to know... ...that I'm out... And I just want to find safety and be authentic and stuff. Um, On the other hand, it's... I also want to be anonymous because I don't want backlash. I don't want backlash from church members. I don't want backlash from my family. And so it's like these two competing things. I want to be authentic, but I don't want the backlash. Um, It's like I'm chicken shit to be myself cuz i don't want to lose my family i don't i don't like confrontations i'm a people pleaser i do not like confrontations i can tell you on this podcast i can tell the bishops that the church isn't true and hey i don't believe in a devil i don't believe in this i don't believe in that you know i don't think there's an afterlife um, I have a hard time believing there's an afterlife. If there is a God and there is an afterlife, what the hell, you know? It's like, what kind of crappy narrative of the is this? Um, this notion of there being prophets and stuff. Uh, just, that's, that's really hard, especially with the Bednar episodes coming out on Mormonism Live. Um great episodes about i forget his name having a conversation with elder bednar in the l a airport um in a delta sky delta sky lodge or whatever where people can go when they have a lot of points or whatnot um or they reach a certain level but it's <coughs> Excuse me. It's one of those situations where um, they, they try to fit the narrative and put all the pieces together when, and they try to say all the pieces are together when they're not. And you inspect the pieces, you know, and I've used this analogy in the past. You inspect the pieces and the picture that you're trying to put together, that the shapes don't match up, um, you can't put the puzzles in, and guess what, the picture has been painted over several times with different narratives, that it's like, you don't know what the real narrative is, and the narratives from the past don't meet the present, but yet God is unchanging, and Surely you'll know the truths in the gospel if you listen to the prophets, and the prophets are never changing, (coughs) you know. And then they try to fit in line upon line, precept upon precept. Well, that's just revelation. And, oh, Moses was a man, or Abraham was a man in this part, and yada, 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 right? So it's just hard because I used to think everything was so finite you know I thought we would all get <coughs> seer stones sometime during the millennium <coughs> and that like children would have like classrooms and they'd have a, a seer stone in their classroom and they'd learn from the seer stone and then after this life you know the, the celest- this earth becomes a celestial kingdom we would live here on earth and it'd be like a big Urim and Thummim or seer stones, where answers would come to you, right? All the truths and everything that you could know. Um, and, you know, just everything falls apart. <coughs> everything falls apart. Um there's nothing part of the gospel that's unique um, and there's nothing that's part of the gospel or the church that can't fall apart where it's almost like it's being held up by um, toothpicks you know and and oops we didn't build this toothpick bridge using um, strong glue and You get enough weight on it. It's just going to topple down. uh, Or like a house of cards. (coughs) Excuse me. So. That's where I'm at. Where do I go? Where do I. How do I thrive? How do I become authentic? How do I. Put my children in the. Worst circumstance than they are now. By saying. I want to live authentic to me adios or you let me be authentic you let me be able to say hey kids I don't believe in this anymore you know this is what we're going to teach in the house I don't believe it anymore (coughs) you know and sometimes I'll go to church sometimes I won't or yada 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 whatever that looks like for me and I think my wife would say, no, get out, or I'm leaving, you take care of the kids, and of course, you know, she said that like six months ago, or ten months ago, whatever it was, and, um, and she said, uh, you know, and she said, oh, and you have to raise the girls in the church and take them to church, I'm like, no, I don't, (laughs) and we haven't had a conversation about it, we've just ignored it. And we just stopped talking about it. And we're just trying to move forward. But we're not. We're not moving forward. Um. So it's tough. I don't know what to do. It's hell. But it feels so much better than being ignorant of the church. Like, if I could go back six, seven years, eight years, whatever and just say, okay, I want to make sure this never happens. Um, I'm never going to be interested in church history. I'm never going to be interested in helping people with faith transitions. If I could, like, wave a wand, go back in time, and and make that my situation, I w- I'm so glad I'm no longer a believer because... My perceptions on life are different. And I think they're healthier. But... It doesn't help when you're trapped either. But I, I'm so glad that I'm no longer a believer. Um, and it's like, okay, well... Why do you let your children still believe? That is a good question. Um... just because I don't have an answer way out I I love my wife I don't want her to I don't want my wife to I want to still be her husband and I still want to take care of her Um, so it's a real mixed bag it's not a healthy bag and people have told me that but that's a long way of me sharing things, right? A long way around. Um, so, you know, that's something I have to contemplate. How do I thrive? How do I make things different where I feel different? And I can live different even though I'm being Mormon. <laughs> you know, I've got paro. <laughs> it's uh Oh, what's it? it's made out of barley, and it's a hot drink, so I might consider having that every morning as kind of my way of saying, it's not coffee, but by damn, it's, it's a hot drink, (laughs) um, a lot of times I let it sit too long anyway, so it's not real hot, um, just because, uh, hot drinks can be known for stomach cancer, but I think it has to be pretty hot and has to be for a, quite a long period of time. Um, but reality, I mean, you get stomach cancer for who knows what. Um, so it's like, maybe I can just change a few things and help me thrive and help me embrace life a little bit for me does that make sense so maybe that's what I'll do and maybe I can report on it weekly (laughs) um and check in right I don't know if I will it's one of those human things where it's like okay how are you how are you doing and how do you want to be doing and How well are you thriving? One nice thing about sharing my thoughts on here is that it gets me out of my funk a little bit. It gets me into a place of reflection where it's like, hey, I'm normal for where I'm at. I've had a faith transition. I grew up in the Mormon church, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I've had a faith transition, I don't believe it was true, but for 40 plus years, I did believe it was true. I thought I belonged to the only true church. And that God chose this church for all of his truths to come forward to men that were deemed worthy to be prophets and apostles. And it's just sickening that I was fooled for so many years. It's sickening that I wasn't able to get out sooner than later. You know, I'd love to go back 20 years and get the heck out so much sooner. I wish a friend of mine that, you know, stopped believing had reached out and said... Dude, if you're not aware of this, you need to research these things and, like, give me sources. But I I don't know if his journey went that route or not. But uh he had to face some hardships in life that made him look at life differently. Um, sooner than it did for me. But, uh... You know it wasn't hardships that took me down this path as I've shared before it's it's because I started looking so that I could find answers for people that were questioning because I knew it was true. I didn't think there was any possibility whatsoever that it couldn't be. you know, I went to Maxwell Institute um, for resources, I went to Fair Mormon. I read the CES letter, and I'm like, Daniel Peterson, like, you know, I kind of laughed at the CES letter, and I was in the Daniel C. Peterson camp, it's not really a camp, but, you know, I was listening to his content and stuff, and um, John Welch, or Jack Welch, I forget his name, Um, there are so many and I I just kept it to those type of sources. But then I got, from Desert Book, I got <coughs> Rough Stone Rolling. And I'm like, I've never heard of any of this crap. I didn't know, I didn't have any idea whatsoever. <coughs> whatsoever, I didn't have any idea about it. Then I got on to Benchmark Books... About... You know... Him being a treasure seeker... And having seer stones... Way before... We thought he would... Um... And... Then I went to Benchmark Books... And learned about other historians... And... And what they shared... And Gregory Prince... In 1996... In December of 1996... And I'm like... Dude... Leonard Arrington's you know, biography and how the church treated him because he wanted to be more transparent with church history and the church basically put a kibosh on him and then there is was, then I learned about September 6 Then I dove into Mormon stories and I'm like, I want to hear more stories, then I you know, heard you know, just I I think I've listened to probably 95% of Mormon Stories episodes (coughs) and that's probably being a little bit conservative because it's probably closer to 98% Um, and it's not like, oh I'm a John DeLynn fan or hey we've got this movement uh, and this is what we now believe no, I'm just looking for truth and the real sucky part is is that the more you dig the more you're just like what the hell this isn't what we were taught or what the hell Joseph Smith had sex with other men's wives while they were on missions and he was sealed to them and with 14 year old girls <coughs> and like Emma was his 22nd wife basically that I didn't have any idea about not on my mission not until like 6 years ago what the hell (coughs) (laughs) and uh so just so many moments where it's just like this is so messed up and, you know, at first it's like, okay, the brethren are still the brethren, they're still authority, Joseph Smith was just a a dipshit, um, and I didn't care for him or Brigham Young or anything like that, but then all of a sudden, I see all these inconsistencies with the church, and I'm like, but this is Christ's church, so, you know, the two great commandments, why are we treating LGBTQ this way? Didn't, you know you listen to Benji Schwimmer and and so many other stories out there and it's like they're born this way it's not a lifestyle to choose it's not like hey dude you know let, let's get guys suck so let's let's be lesbians or dude we looked at so much porn and women are boring so now let's go for men um it's not like that and when you realize that it, it's not a lifestyle change, it's who they who they really are, and they're going on missions. They're doing everything they can to overcome this, basically. And they realize, I you know, I went on a mission. I got married. I had kids. I've done everything I could. You know, and um, like Ed Smart, I don't know his story, but my assumption, based off of what I do know, (coughs) my assumption is that he's always known, um, but that wasn't the church's way, and I bet he felt a lot of shame for the feelings that he had. And when he realized, you know when he got to that point, I think he's just like, this is who I am, you know, maybe he's a little bit more bi than gay, but, uh, doesn't matter, and that's not my story to tell, and it's not for me to conjecture, but, um, what a dear sweet guy, and there's probably lots of people that are like him, that are still married to their spouses, I mean, if if I was 60 years old and gay, and I finally reconciled that, that that's who I was, would I have the guts to just say, hey honey, I love you, but this isn't who I am, I'm not really attracted to you, I'm gay, um... You know, that would just be a huge blow to my wife. But I couldn't be a... I don't know if I'd be, uh, be able to be authentic or not. <laughs> <coughs> um, so it's just really hard to think of... where authenticity starts and where family relations and just having the courage to be authentic. Um, I think I'm, I kind of got in a squirrel moment. Um, I don't remember where my thoughts were heading, but, uh, oh, my heart goes out to everybody that's been in a situation where their choices in life in finding out who they are, or finding out their beliefs, um, after searching truths change, and then having to deal with society and family relationships afterward, I think that's tough, um, hey, it looks like (laughs) we're coming up on an hour, um, so I'm gonna have to stop this, but, uh, I know it's a lot of rambling I know it's a lot of trying to process things but I have to process it otherwise I'm going to just like shrivel up and die one day and that's not how I want to be remembered and I'd much rather be able to be a bit more authentic so I need to find myself and do it in a Mormon context for the time that I have but I also have to consider at what point do I move on because it's too much that's tough that's a really hard one because I already feel ostracized I already feel like I'm not wanted I feel like I don't measure up with my family, with my wife, even though only my wife and my family knows. I mean maybe she shared it with my dad or something and didn't tell me or someone else did. But um I just don't feel welcome. I don't feel accepted and that sucks. I just wish my wife could be like you know, I realize you can't believe in this and I just want you to know I love you and that no matter what happens if you feel like you can't go to church I'm here for you and that's fine we'll make it but so much of it is around social pressure, social standings and being able to Be able to say, Yeah, we made it. We made it to the temple. We're temple recommend holding people, and we're, you know, hey, we're there. She won't be able to say that anymore. Her life dreams and her perceptions on reality are all shattered. And so, me trying to be authentic screws her life over, it screws my kids' life over. And I, I'm i not saying... Hey, I'm going to pretend to be Mormon. But I want to keep my family together. But I need to be authentic. <laughs> so it really sucks. I don't have the answer. And if someone does have the answer... For how they've stayed in... some Something similar. And th- how they've made things easier... When they're a spouse isn't comp you know there, I'd be I'd love to hear. Um but I'll share information probably later in a different episode. Take care all.